person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show shenanigans ensue hello i'm jasmine and I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans and Sue. A podcast where it's the Botox, we can't show emotion for another hour and a half. Lies. We'll be showing so much emotion. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just on voice. Yes. <laughs> Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim flam the film used or maybe abused and of course the the shenanigans (laughs) yes yay shenanigans always shenanigans oh boy what a treat we have for this week i am so excited to talk about this movie and that movie is (laughs) (laughs) a cinderella story hooray i love this i love this movie is there Um, much better than early hillary duff goodness early hillary duff with early chad michael murray are you kidding me and and Uh. (laughs) the ever effervescent jennifer coolidge in one of her earlier roles what a queen what a queen love her. I'm so glad that she's having a total renaissance right now. Yes. I just finished <laughs> watching White Lotus as well, which yes. was stunning. And I'm so glad she was in both seasons as well. Amazing. Everything she does, everything's on her face. I didn't <laughs> how? How? She's a comedic genius. She's just amazing. She's so good. I swear. Okay, anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's focus on uh, a Cinderella story, which was <laughs> released in 2004 oh my god and i actually saw this movie in theaters no way yes a family (laughs) friend shout out renal she took me to see a cinderella story and it was just it was amazing and it holds up it does hold up i honestly couldn't tell you the first time i watched it it's just mm-hmm. kind of always been there. Absolute pure joy. Yeah. And Jasmine and I actually watched this movie together during lockdown. Like a year ago, year and a half ago. Yeah. Not too long ago. And we delighted in it. And so we rewatched it fairly recently. And yeah, it's still delightful. It was still so enjoyable. I still discovered new things to laugh about seriously this is how well it holds up because it's one of those movies where yeah you know the main plot you know what's gonna happen if you've seen it before but Mm -hmm. it's still such a delight to get there and there's so many jokes peppered in you've forgotten (laughs) half of them before you go for a rewatch and jasmine and i were both kind of in (laughs) bad moods this week and this movie certainly helped Yeah. yeah it really is such a good just i need something light and fluffy. This is the fluffy pillows of rom-coms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For those of you who do need a synopsis, I guess we should give one. Well, I mean, it is right there. Yes, that's true. It's a Cinderella story. It's it's the Cinderella plot. <laughs> yeah, it's a little on the nose. And our Cinderella Sam is a bit of a social outcast because her father died tragically and mysteriously in an earthquake while she was a child. And so now Sam is being abused by both her stepmother and her stepsisters, including having to work at a diner. But she is also engaged in a secret anonymous online relationship with the most popular boy in school, Austin Ames. Yeah, they basically did a you've got mail, except this one didn't suck. Wow. Uh, When Austin suggests... (laughs) (laughs) When Austin suggests that they meet at the Halloween dance, Sam decides to finally do something for herself and go meet him shenanigans ensue yeah they do so many of them (laughs) oh my gosh so many so many oh my goodness we love this movie so much (laughs) how do you even 
start. Okay, so... Way to start. Number one, I am obsessed with the fact, I don't know why I always forget this. I somehow forget this every time and I'm always delighted. <laughs> remember when Hilary Duff had a very short-lived music career? Do I ever remember? They put three <laughs> or four of her songs in this film. It's so great. It just I adds just... to the angst. It's so good. Honestly, I keep forgetting she had a short-lived <laughs> career in music and I really just need to bring the songs back for my karaoke songs to be honest <laughs> and what it kind of in a way has done is it kind of gives you a bit of a musical theater feel oh 100 like hillary duff's inner monologue is coming to light through the songs seriously at the very beginning i wrote down that i was beaming throughout the entire intro it's impossible to listen to that intro and not just have a big old cheesy smile on your face because she's narrating a fairy tale of herself yes. while one of her songs is playing in the background. I can't. I'm dead. This is so funny already. <laughs> <laughs> so extra. It's so on the nose cheesy, but it's so good. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't even know. Let's do a quick rundown of the tropes and then we'll get properly stuck in. Okay, great. So we've got all of the Cinderella tropes. We've got popular guy, unpopular girl. We've got the school dance. We have an anonymous online relationship, which they never establish, and you go with it. Mm. Uh, we've got a grand romantic speech. We have trying on multiple outfits for a big event montage, which is made even more delightful by the fact that it's a Halloween ball. Yes. And... A kiss in the rain. A stunning kiss in the rain. <laughs> a dramatic, magical raindrop kiss in the rain. Like, yeah, he's having his own grand romantic gesture, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> she does a grand romantic speech and he makes a grand romantic gesture. They both meet in the middle and then it rains. Did the song actually play or was I just singing Let the Rain Fall Down in my own head? I don't know. That's why I was doing a Hillary Duff song in my head. I actually <laughs> don't. No, I don't know. It feels like it fits. Like it didn't feel weird for you to say it. It feels like that was the song that was playing but that might just be me. Maybe. There was definitely a song playing. No, I don't know. See, this is why this movie is so delightful. What's real? What, what's, what did we make up in our heads? Let's watch again. Go back and do another rewatch. <laughs> the Cinderella tropes, we'll probably refer to them when we dig into the shenanigans, but really briefly and broadly, we have the stepmother Fiona. We have the stepsisters who do hilarious shenanigans. We have Austin Ames, who's the stand-in for our prince. And then what is so funny about the update of this for the early 2000s is that instead of losing the shoe, she loses her cell phone. Her snap clip cell phone. But it gets even more delightful for me because back then, if you didn't want to carry a purse to an event, like how she goes to this ball, you had clip-ons. I for sure had like a little tie around your thigh, almost like a gun <laughs> holster, but I had it for my cell phone. I 100% used that. <laughs> so her clipping the phone on her shoe oh, was just a moment of updating it. Yes. What an update. Perfect. <laughs> By the way, because this is the time period it is, so everyone's got flip phones. <laughs> mm -hmm. While she's doing the anonymous online relationship with Austin and they go to school together but don't know each other. Yeah. So many of the scenes, they're doing their little texting back and forth, but you got to press the number two, three times to get a C and they're <laughs> texted real fast. Like this was shenanigans. You could not text that fast back then, I... by the way, for any Zoomers listening. Your fingers <laughs> got good exercise. You you were going like press, 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 press. You, you got really good. You were getting fast at it. Yeah. But not speaking fast no <laughs> yeah, I suppose not but we also got so good at doing this like you could sit and text in class without looking because you would memorize how many times to press certain buttons to get the letters yep it was a skill it's a skill we all developed and then never needed to use again <laughs> and it's probably still somewhere in my brain what wasted space <laughs> I'm sure if you handed a Nokia 3310 you'd still know what to do <laughs> muscle memory is real 
But while we're on the cell phone, another reason why we know it's 2004, aside from the wow, old tech, is the fact that she's not all that bothered her cell phone is missing. Yeah. At the end, we have a bit of a postscript of her saying like, oh, I got my cell phone back. I'm like, oh, how long have you been without your cell phone? You would not survive now. You can't now, but then it didn't even matter. I'm not checking my emails. Exactly. My assignments are not on my phone. Yeah. I don't have notes. Not using the GPS. Calls and texts. That's it. You couldn't do anything else with it. Oh no, I'm going to be really bored on the bus because I can't play Snake. You know, like that's all that you really missed out on. Wow, Snake. <laughs> Another wasted skill. <laughs> anyway. I really do like the way that they set up this popular guy and popular girl. Yeah. I think that setting him up to be kind of a yes man in the popular groups and not an Mm. instigator made it much more plausible that he's not actually a bad guy. Yeah. He ends up escaping the whole plot shenanigans and setup while still being extremely charming. Mm. Yeah, he did a good job of towing the line kind of between his friendship group and being who he is. And what was really funny was when I was watching this, I was thinking about of all things, High School Musical. Uh. <laughs> and how there's like this whole big number of like, you have to stick to the stuff you know, and yeah. you're only allowed to kind of have one identity. The it's Stay like, In Your Lane song? Yeah. I hate that song. <laughs> it's so catchy. I mean, it's a total bop, but the messaging is rough. Yes, the messaging <laughs> is rough. <laughs> but yes, it reminded me a lot of that. So I was like, wow, how reductive. Austin can just be the quarterback. He can't be into anything else and i mean his dad is reinforcing that that's true yeah all of the talk of like you're going to be the quarterback in college and this this and that and this is what you're gonna do i have a plan for you and i was wondering like do it be like that at schools where the student body is so big where you don't know people no not that that you can only kind of be one thing only do one thing because i went to a teeny tiny farm school huh that's interesting I would say not really, but like I I kind of split the difference. Yeah, I think it was my sophomore years when I decided to switch over to a bigger school in another district so that I could do theater classes. They didn't have any at the school that I grew up at because it was quite small. Right. So I went from my graduating class being like 70 people to a graduating class of almost a thousand. Like, I think there was a little over 3,000 students at the entire school. Wow. So split that up, you know? Yeah. So the way that it was set up, like all of the arts and music classes were in the basement. And so the kids who spent a lot of time in the basement Uh... knew each other more than the kids who, say, took other classes in other sections of the school. Yeah, that makes sense, given how big the school is. Yeah, and that they were sectioned off that way. Yeah. No, why I was kind of asking is that I went to a very small school and we kind of had to do everything. So you had to do a sport in both seasons. Oh, wow. You had to be involved in like one of the arts. You had to do multiple things, even if it wasn't necessarily your forte. I played field hockey right through high school, which is just like, I'm not a sporty person, but I enjoyed it. So yeah, that's kind of why I was wondering. They didn't make us do that. I mean, I think it also depends on the school. That's true, yeah. So that's really interesting. Okay. So basically to answer my question about Austin is kind of with a bit of an exaggeration for the movies. Yeah, there's probably a really good chance that he's taking a creative writing class as one of his extracurriculars and his dad doesn't even know. Like your parents don't necessarily know what you've signed up for. He could say, hey, I'm just doing study hall for extracurricular. Uh, Like, you know what I mean? Like there's things you could be doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And then what I really like about the ball for the Cinderella trope is that it's a Halloween school dance, which is just so much fun. I love a Halloween party in a movie. So much fun. (laughs) And it adds to the plot shenanigans. It's always such a great excuse for two people not recognizing each other later. It's just such a dumb thing to do and I love it every time. Because all she's wearing is a mask. Oh and (laughs) and she curled her hair. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, big detail sorry I forgot total stranger <laughs> other piss <laughs> it, it, it was so delightful because then we also got the montage yes before the event that costume montage is honestly so spectacular delightful 
delightful. I don't know why I don't ever remember how many puns they managed to pump into that one montage. <laughs> it's impressive. I mean, she's trying on ridiculous costumes, number one, because yes. everyone's already rented costumes for the dance. So these are like the dregs at the bottom. And so she comes <laughs> out in a matador costume and Carter says... Ole! And then everyone else is like, no way. Are you kidding me right now? We're rhyming. We're having puns. This is insane. It's a lot of fun. And at the Halloween dance, Austin comes dressed as a prince. So on the nose. Delicious. And he's dressed as a prince on accident. Yes. His costume got lost. And then his friends complained that they were supposed to be the three musketeers. And now they look like idiots because it's just two guys with curly wigs. Like, yes. it's very funny. Which then led to a joke that I found so funny was when one of Austin's friends is chatting up Austin's ex. And she's like, what are you supposed to be? And he says, I'm a three musketeer. And then she says, you don't look like a candy bar. <laughs> Just beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> For people not familiar, uh, Three Musketeers are a kind of chocolate bar, which is pretty good. A few other things about the dance that were mad funny to me. <laughs> A high school can't afford a dance that night for just seniors. It's at a hotel. Dances are blended. Mm -hmm. Juniors and seniors had to be together because they rented out a space and it was mad expensive. We didn't have like a little bar set up with popcorn and drinks. You know, like this is <laughs> insane. And multiple levels. It's so gorgeous. And they have a whole DJ thing and that girl who does announcements. And yes. like, this is so funny to me. And then there's just like beautifully manicured grounds and there's like a gazebo outside and not only that like why the hell is there a three-piece band that's what i ready had to questions play? about as well because <laughs> with that i was like okay i can buy that this was set up for a wedding this was my head canon yeah was that this isn't part of the dance because none of the students are making use of it aside for austin and sam right but where's the wedding and why is it so late she's about to leave so we're looking at it being around 11 11 30 and so what why was the wedding earlier the ceremony earlier no it can't be because they're dancing so it's the wedding for tomorrow so why are the musicians here why are the musicians here seriously at 11 30 at night for a sound check what's going on but like i fully appreciate what a homie guitar guy was yeah to see the two young kids and be like i'm gonna give them some mood music that like that's very honestly sweet. so funny look i'm not complaining about the scene i thought it was absolutely stunning that gazebo was gorgeous but we have to call out some of the shenanigans too. We can appreciate it and also be like, hmm, what's what's going on here? Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to do for the dance? What's also pretty cool about the storytelling in terms of the Halloween dance is that it's identified that Sam is Austin's Cinderella and he's Prince Charming. But also her best friend Carter is dressed as Zorro, they're both wearing masks and they arrive at the dance together. So their costumes also match, which is just, I don't know, it was really cool. That is kind of cute. I really do like that. Yeah, it's like small attention to detail stuff. Carter is such a sweet character too. He he's plays wonderful. it with so much earnest and oh. he's so silly and his method acting shenanigans at the beginning, just <laughs> really, really funny. He has a really nice character arc as well at the end when Sam says to Carter, oh, I like what you're wearing. What character are you playing? And Carter says, myself. Yay. Love you. And I really like their friendship as well. Yeah. Like it's a proper friendship. There's no weirdness. Carter's not trying to get with her. They're just genuinely there for each other. Mm -hmm. He's got her back and she's got his. Yes. Like genuinely. We love to see it. Yeah. Like emotionally supportive. Mm -hmm. It's really nice to see that. So we went through a bunch of the tropes already. And so we can move on to the shenanigans shortly. But before that, we have to talk about the grand romantic speech oh my goodness and what a speech it is it's iconic girl talk about gumption oh my gosh can i say it yes she has stormed herself into the boys locker room guys are covering their bits she doesn't <laughs> care she has all of the confidence and energy of a woman whose life has gone way better than hers has gone so far <laughs> and she says a bunch of stuff to him and then she says waiting for you austin ames is like waiting for rain in this drought 
useless and disappointing. disappointing. Yes. Get him. I had to. Get him. Oh. It was amazing. My God. I love it. Iconic line reading. The cheesiest line delivered with all of the sincerity. She went for it. She really did. And she was about to cry. Yes. And I was like, yeah, you are useless and disappointing. <laughs> and paraphrasing some of it is to the effect of, and even though I have no house and no job and no family, oh, yeah. you the one I feel sorry for. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, girl. Get him. Oh, my gosh. Guys are giggling or whatever because they don't yeah. care and they're rude. And Austin just feels like garbage. You can see it on his face. <laughs> but it leads to such a beautiful <laughs> grand romantic gesture on his part as well. Because he essentially, like, leads the team and goes and chases after her. Oh, it is so many more things than that. The sequence of events is so gorgeous he has an opportunity as the quarterback to complete the game winning throw while there is a scout in the stands for the university everything is set up he's having an incredible game and he walks off and his dad is like where are you going you're gonna throw away your dream (laughs) and he's like no No, dad i'm throwing away yours and then before going to get the girl he stops off with his best friend who's been the second string quarterback this whole time basically he says this is your moment like get it my guy i want this for you and then goes off and gets the girl and then they kiss in the rain which is perfect because it's a drought beautiful and now it's raining it's magic thank you for filling in those stakes jazz because i'm not a sports person the stakes are high so you gave the the moment the gravitas that it needed to understand it emotionally. <laughs> and he could have just done the punk ass thing and stormed off, but he stops to really make sure that his friend is ready to take the moment and be the one who gets scouted. Like, yeah, that was sweet. Honestly, what a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. And then we have the magical raindrop who's doing the most. Magic raindrop. We get a zoom in. She's, she's there. She's serving. Was it like an overhead shot too yes. with the rain? I'm dead. That was so funny. <laughs> Followed the raindrop as it came down and landed on their cheeks as they were kissing and they stopped kissing and looked up and then the rain came. Let the rain fall down. Let it wash. Did that not play? If it wasn't playing. No. Maybe. I need to go look it up again. Because I was singing it. And then Austin's like, I'm sorry that I waited until it rained. So sweet. And then, you know, we have our intro with voiceover setting up the fairy tale, Princes Go to Princeton. Mm. And then we've got the outro with voiceover where everyone who's bad gets their comeuppance. Mm -hmm. Everyone who's good is successful and goes to good places or books, commercials. And then (laughs) they drive off and live happily ever after with their convertible, at least for now, because she's only a freshman. Yes. I love this. I like that detail as well because I'm like she finished high school a year early as well so she's like what 16 yeah so I was like yeah let's manage expectations here somewhat so being realistic (laughs) and being sweet and they're hanging out back in California I guess for the summer yes I can't that was so cute it was lovely such lovely execution of tropes we love to see it. Oh my gosh. Does that mean we're going to move on to the shenanigans? Yes, we are. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just start with Jennifer? I mean, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Honestly, everything Jennifer Coolidge does is oh. a shenanigan. She opens her mouth, shenanigan. She makes a face, shenanigan. She enters a room, shenanigan she's so amazing i love the setup of the evil stepmother she starts off as this like mousy kind of she's brunette at the beginning yes with glasses she falls into the money now that the dad is gone and (laughs) she changes the entire diner she renames it after herself she Mm -hmm. is dressed up to the nines all the time she's getting so much work done on her face she's perfectly (laughs) blonde yes Platinum blonde. Everything is so funny. And when we're doing the outro, Fiona's working in the diner now under the supervision of Rhonda, which is hilarious. And while she's down there on the ground scrubbing, her roots have grown out. So now (laughs) she's going back to the brown from the original. Honestly, such tiny little details. And I was just like, wow, this is so good. (laughs) Just the opening after we jump however many years it's been, I think eight 
And Sam is asleep at her computer and you hear Fiona over the intercom saying, Sam, Sam, it's breakfast time. And you're like, oh, okay. And then she's like, so bring me my breakfast. Oh, it's breakfast for her. (laughs) Oh, oh. This is what's happening. (laughs) I mean, you're expecting it because it's a Cinderella story and she's the evil stepmother. But still, it's just like a really funny gag. And like, I sympathize with this because I also had a part-time job that I did before school. Sure. What it takes to have a couple of hours at work at the diner before you've even started school is a lot. Mm. It's a lot to ask. Yeah. They really do set it up. You know exactly where she stands. You're watching the two awful stepsisters doing synchronized swimming lessons and being terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do we know... Is Rhonda actually her godmother? Does she have godparents? I don't know if she's her godmother, but she's... She's like an actual fairy godmother. She's magic. She's definitely signaled to be the fairy godmother in this story. That's why I was wondering if she... Like, she's been with the family for so long. Yeah. She's known them forever. I don't know if it's stated that she's, like, actually Sam's godmother. She is an absolute hero as well she's amazing and she has some really great lines as well (laughs) no more butts leave fiona and her big butt to me (laughs) incredible so good and she's ready to throw down like she's ready to take her earrings off and like punch fiona she did take her earrings out (laughs) she took the one out not ready to she fully took them both out i checked the ears what both yeah oh i just saw the one oh okay she was ready and then fiona's like not my face (laughs) my face is much newer than the goals go for the goals she just got botox the day before so (laughs) (laughs) she has so many amazing quotes oh gosh that transition they're like hey where is fiona and the girls say oh she's at home baking smash cut to her in a tanning booth yes i'm dead they did so many great (laughs) visual gags in this movie that was so much fun like right at the top fiona's telling sam not to switch off the sprinklers because the grass is looking a little bit brown and sam's like but it's a a drought." drought and she's like droughts are for poor people And we zoom out and their lawn, it's extra green. Green. Surrounded by like all this dead grass. The visual gags that she makes when she does the Botox face in the car is also incredible. So good. Her lips are like pursed and she holds it for the whole thing. I don't know how many takes she had to do. And she held that face. That was really impressive. Seriously. Especially because they're in this car chase kind of. The stepsisters have spotted Sam at the Halloween dance in the car and mm-hmm. she's not supposed to be there because it's Cinderella. She's not supposed to go to the ball. And we have so many shenanigans happening in the car. One of the sisters puts her foot down on the accelerator and they are flying through traffic. And, and their foot gets stuck somehow? Shenanigans. What? And Jennifer is keeping her recently Botoxed face perfectly in place. The whole time. Throughout all these tossing and turning shenanigans. It is so impressive. And so damn funny. And then we have that really funny button at the end of that whole sequence. They stop the car. They've almost crashed into a million things. And Fiona's like, ah, I can feel my face. And she starts moving her face as if it's just come back to life again. So good. So good. Sam, she's in a full gown, a sweetheart top strapless gown. And they get to the diner and park around the back. Everyone who works at the diner is covering for her. Here's 10 more seconds here, 10 more seconds there. They've all bought her just enough time for her to throw a black t-shirt and apron on over the dress, put her hair up, smash a bunch of batter all over her face and then tap that bell with order up like she's been there the entire time yeah seamless and because fiona can't do anything she says something stinks and And it's it's not not the the fish fish. so she (laughs) she is suspicious she's like you got away with it because you are here but i'm not buying it if she had just stepped around into the kitchen she would have seen immediately Mm -hmm. that the dress was on underneath but fiona doesn't go into the kitchen the kitchen's for the hell all she goes into (laughs) is the registry to get more money out and stuff it into a bra dead so good since we are talking about the evil stepmother i would love to talk about the incredible acting of the stepsisters 
gorgeous. They're so good. And they have so many shenanigans. They're arriving at the Halloween dance dressed as Siamese twin cats. Which, which is, is so ridiculous. Ridiculous and leads to a bunch of cat puns that they just go all out and delivering. Finding out Sam is Princeton girl, mm-hmm. they both take the opportunity to try and convince Austin <laughs> they're the one. Yes. Which leads to this whole ridiculous bit of shenanigans with the car wash. Somehow they get stuck in a car wash and they go through <laughs> the entire thing with the hot water, the bubbles, the wax. Because they're too busy fighting. Yes. But they're fighting on top of the car. And they come out with their hair <laughs> All stuck on end full of wax. They both just like make the face and sit up. Yeah. Ugh. Honestly, just incredible physical comedy all around. They both also purposefully get their cars dirty. So they have to get it cleaned at the car wash by Austin. They're doing anything to get his attention. It's so dirty though. That's not normal dirty. It's so dirty. It was more work to get the car that dirty. Yes. But how are you both still clean? Did you change outfits? They had to take a full shower to get that much mud all over your car. You'd have to be covered in mud. But it's also so neatly slathered on. It's like a paint coat of mud. Delightful. I want to shout out these actors as well because if you can be in a scene with Jennifer Coolidge and we don't forget that you are in that scene, you've done an amazing job. If she doesn't steal the show, that's literally all anyone can ask of you honestly like that you could hold your own with her in the scene with you you've done it yes (laughs) so the stepsisters are played by andrea avery ray and madeline zima so amazing good and some of the dialogue that they have or some of the physical comedy that they have if you pull back even just a little bit it won't work it's so obvious you commit to the bit Mm -hmm. or it falls apart and do they ever they really do especially in those scenes where they have to one up each other with kind of cheesy lines you have to do that at 100 yeah and then it makes perfect sense that these two insane siblings who are after the same man they have decided that since they can't get him they're going to publicly humiliate and sabotage their stepsister it was awful by enlisting the mean girls like it's a psychotic thing to do what they've done together Mm -hmm. but because we've built and built and built the stakes we get to the play within a play and they go all out performing the roles of austin and sam it's such a fun scene to watch Mm -hmm. upsetting as it is because they still continue to commit the whole way through all i could think though for real is sam why are you staying here i don't know why are you standing and taking it you know what's about to happen I don't know. For me, that was one of the plot shenanigans where I was like, oh no, ain't no way in hell I'm staying there when I know what's happening. Maybe instead of the fight or flight, she got a freeze. Ah, that's fair. Because she did eventually run away. So maybe that's what happened. Yeah. It's brutal to watch. Yeah. It's awful. And like, you can kind of see what's going on with Austin. You can see his embarrassment. You can see that he doesn't know what to do and he's trying to shrink and disappear. Yeah. But he doesn't help the situation Mm -hmm. by giving her the cold shoulder. Yeah. He doesn't go up to her or, or anything, which is why we then get that speech from her because she understandably feels let down and abandoned by him and now that he knows it's her he still has her phone yes give her phone back he can't even text her (laughs) but just go up to her and give her phone back at least because he can't be like wow can you believe what they did that was so messed up he's got her phone could i am her you know that was so messed up by the way i have your phone right 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 yeah that was so bad speaking of austin not finding her Uh, those shenanigans while he searches for her first of all putting up the flyers all over the school looking for cinderella everywhere my guy thousands just i am her this is extra (laughs) as hell and you have her phone that would also be like a really good way to figure out who it is or did we not have passcodes back then? I feel like he probably knows that if he IMs her, she's just going to keep saying, I'm not telling you who I am. He has some leverage, though. He has her phone. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know that's not now, but a phone back then is still, you know, kind of an important piece of property. It was a Nokia. That was the one you got for free when you signed up for a new plan, you know, like... <laughs> It wasn't a razor. <laughs> <Stroll>. <laughs> That's a throwback <laughs> reference, everybody. 
But anyway, I'll stop poking holes in this. But it does lead to a lot of very fun shenanigans. It's so good. The multicolored flyers that he puts up. He hasn't spread them out. They're spread out every three inches on every surface. Like, this is so funny. He's very determined. And then his friends are like, you know what? We're not going to wait for her to come to you. We're just going to bring all the goals to you. They play game show music. And one of the friends is like, so good. we have bachelor number one. Who does this, 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 and this? She just came to the school four months ago. She likes field hockey. No, I don't remember what it was. You just said that earlier. I don't so that's remember the first either. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a good job of showing that Austin is a decent guy if still trying to figure things out because he puts a stop to these shenanigans. He's like, come on, please. But he says to everyone, I'm so sorry. Thank you. You lovely. You all lovely, but you're not who I'm looking for. Yeah. Austin really is such a class act. He is trying. For being a teenage boy, like honestly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will say though, his 20 questions were dumb as hell. That's where you're like, oh yeah, this is a teenage boy for sure. These 20 questions that get whittled (laughs) down to 10. I was like, I would have used those questions so much more strategically. What does he even ask her? Seriously. (laughs) He asks her, would you prefer a rice cake or a Big Mac. Honestly, mm. what a moment in time, rice cakes. <laughs> who is picking a rice cake over anything, truly? Anyone who picks a rice cake is a liar or a vegan. But even like a rice cake over a carrot stick. I'm still picking the carrot stick. Honestly, I feel like even a vegan would be like, I don't want to eat this rice cake. Yeah. This is so bad. Because we're in the early (laughs) 2000s, his reasoning is, well, that eliminates half the goals in the school. And it does. This is the time period we're in. So that's not even the worst of the questions to me in terms of being useful. Yeah. One of the ones was where he's like, do you believe in love at first sight? That's one of his questions. My guy, you have 10 questions to try and figure out who this person is yep and you asking do you believe in love at first sight really how is this helping you i guess i don't know it's it is kind of sweet austin is more preoccupied with getting to know princeton girl in a real way than he is trying to actually figure out who it is which is like pretty (laughs) sweet look the whole scene is really sweet and it was only afterwards when i was thinking about it that i was like hmm could have used those 10 questions a bit better but i thoroughly enjoyed that whole scene and It was very, very cute. Yeah. What we also get in this scene is Austin understanding consent in the early 2000s, which we love to see it. And a non-audible. Yes, a non-audible. No one said anything. Amazing. He took the cue. I know the bar's on the floor, but we still love to see it. So they're dancing. Our guy on the guitar is giving them beautiful background music, and they're having this beautiful dance. And they're getting close and Austin moves to take off Sam's mask. And she pulls away and he sort of lifts his hands up and as if to say, okay, I got it, don't worry. And then offers his hand again so that they can dance. And it's just really, it's lovely. It is. It's nice to see that he didn't get weird. He didn't get offended. No. And just went right back to the dancing. Yes. Honestly, so nice. It's so interesting if I were going to criticize anything. I wish I knew how... They became internet pen pals and how long they've been internet pen pals. Yeah, I think Carter provides us with some exposition about them meeting in a Princeton chat room for prospective students. But Is that how they meet? Yes. (laughs) Carter gives some exposition lines. I missed it. That's how much (laughs) I was listening. It's in the baseball scene. But yeah, we don't know for how long they've been. I think he says a couple months, but... I may be misremembering. I missed that. So that's good. What an interesting, like, how did you find each other? How did you know that you're at the same school? Like, how did all of this come about? Anyway. I guess they do set up that they've been talking for five hours at a time. Yeah. Or that was a new record or something, but they are prone to talking for a long period of time. So That's true. Because the rest of the timeline of this movie is bonkers. (laughs) This is like 48 hours. I'd forgotten actually how quickly it is. Right? Because I still thought the Halloween dance is a while away. 
in the plot of the movie. But it's like that night. It's the day of. Yes. You get dropped in the morning of the Halloween dance. Yes. She does the dance. All of the play within a play, the searching for Cinderella and the football game happen the next day. Was the play also the same day as the football game? Was it not the next day? I thought it was the same. Oh my word. I thought it was the next day because she like goes to school the next day and everyone's like laughing and pointing at her because I thought the play happened in the afternoon, but I'm not sure. If that oh, was- maybe the football game is the next day. Yeah. So then the play within the play is the same day he finds the Cinderella. They come back to school pointing and laughing and then the football games that night. Goodness. So this is happening in a week, uh, less than a week. When is the dance? Was it on a Friday? Right, that's true. What, are they back at school on Monday? Skip time. I don't know. The, I, the timeline is very <laughs> nondescript. <laughs> is it the next morning, the day after the dance, that we have them back at school? The next morning is, I thought, the day after the dance. But then why are you having a dance on a Wednesday? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that Jane, Jane. Yes. That's why they could afford that nice hotel. It was uh, a Wednesday. It all makes sense. There we go. Who's getting married on a Thursday though? Uh, people <laughs> also looking for a deal. Well, there you have it. Problem solved, kind of. It's either that or the dance was on a Friday and a whole weekend happened that we didn't get to see. Like, who knows? Which is also possible. I don't know. <laughs> I'm on the ride. I don't need to ask these questions. Exactly. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I could just accept it. It's the whole thing of like, you don't have to have your movie not having plot holes. It's that the movie has to be so fun and distracting that you don't notice the plot holes. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. This is upon (laughs) deep reflection after the fact that we're poking these little holes now. Exactly. But they don't really matter. Whatever. I don't need to know. Magic. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Yes. When Sam is trying to pluck up the courage to tell Austin that she is Cinderella. Oh, right. And That's Austin such a cute is scene. in the midst of having an identity crisis. Yeah. Sam will say something like, and the person is standing right in front of you and you didn't even realize it. And he's like, yes, exactly. That's how I feel. No one understands me. And they just <laughs> are completely missing each other. <laughs> because after so long of Sam saying, no, I don't want to tell him. I can't tell him. And now she's finally plucked up some modicum of courage to give hints at least as to who she is. And Austin is just poor thing having a meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> But I found that scene really funny. It was very sweet. That's another good example of teenage boys being idiots. (laughs) You'd think after saying, how could I forget those eyes, he would have noticed. You know what I mean? Like, she's got green eyes. How many people have green eyes? Give me a break. It's a recessive gene. Not that many. Come on, my guy. Okay, one more. (laughs) Hold for quote. But one more exchange with... Austin and Sam that was just really funny at the dance where Sam has this whole thing of like you don't even know who I am what if I'm a disappointment and Austin very like passionately says of course I do you're Princeton girl you're the girl I've been waiting to meet I know exactly who you are what's your name (laughs) that's just so great (laughs) I wasn't paying attention that's really funny I thought it was really fun because typically with these kind of tropes, like we've spoken about this before, the lovers are very seldomly allowed to be very comedic, especially when you're talking about comedia del arte. Yeah, the lovers are serious and everyone around them is a caricature. Yes. And so it's really nice, especially Austin, who is basically playing Prince Charming. Yeah. That he has some sense of humor, that there's some comedy in it, some fun, which makes it really nice. It really does. It's such a fun little add-in. I love it when the mains are silly and goofy. Mm. We often just make main characters too serious. Yeah. And they're not playing in the same room of madness that the stepsisters and Fiona are playing in but at least they're in some sort of a fun house yeah 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 (laughs) like they're not just dry so yeah oh well then I think that brings us to 
Fun fab fail. Yes. <laughs> it's a fab. This was a very, very easy double fab. Yes. There was no question. <laughs> no question. I know that if you were to look this movie up online, it gets controversial reviews from quote unquote experts. Mm-hmm. The Rotten Tomatoes doesn't look great. But when it comes to a movie that's just delightful and funny and joyful to watch, it aged well. Yeah. There's nothing terribly offensive. What more could you actually ask for? It's delightful. It's also a tight hour and 30. Love a tight hour 30. Love it. So everything that's in there feels considered necessary. There's not dead space. So it's tight, it's fun, it's fast, it's heartwarming. Yes, that's something we've lost recently that's honestly so irritating Mm -hmm. in the interest of putting in all the information that they want to put. We've ended up with two hour, two and a half hour long rom-coms, which don't get me wrong, if you're filling it with great information, keep the cut. But they cut this movie so tight, Mm -hmm. not a single scene goes to waste. Every single one is critical to the plot. It flows. And that's what you should have. Yeah, absolutely. And so if that's not what you're doing on the edit, you've literally done all of the viewers a disservice. Mm -hmm. All the characters are fully realized even if we don't see them for that much screen time even the dad who mysteriously dies in the earthquake was like a very important presence throughout Mm. the whole thing right throughout i don't know how he passed where did he go (laughs) did something fall on his head has he had a heart attack no one knows how he's aneurysm we don't know i don't know anything could have happened it's unrelated to the earthquake Roof fall in. <laughs> I, I don't know. Fiona killed him Ooh, and then blamed the earthquake. There's a plot Ooh. twist. <laughs> That's my working theory now. Except she wouldn't want to get her nails dirty. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> but we feel the dad's presence throughout, including the diner going back to being the dad's diner. Yeah. It's just a good movie. It's comforting. It's fun. That monologue is iconic. Amazing. So I just don't know how it can be anything other than a fab. It's so much fun to watch. Mm -hmm. It's silly as all get out. And I just watched it and it was still fun again. Yes. For me, that's really what makes it a fab. For sure. Is the fact that one, it's aged well. And we watched this movie about a year and a half ago, enjoyed it. It's the rewatchability. Yes. We watched it now again and it was still delightful. I still found new things to laugh about. And then we got the really great balance of it being comedic and over the top. But we also got those sincere moments and those heartfelt moments. And sometimes that balance isn't always struck. And they really did do that. I love this movie. It's so much fun. I'll watch it again right now. That's how much fun it is. Yes. I will watch it again right now to see if some of the things we were talking about that we can't remember are there or not. Seriously. So that, my friends, is why it has to be a fab. Couldn't be anything else. That brings us to our absolutely favorite section favorite give me the cheese please (laughs) i want that cheese i am so excited for my cheese i've got a real tight explanation on my cheese i think (laughs) okay 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 okay. three two two, one homemade mac and cheese Oh, nice. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I know, I I considered going for a cheesy cheese like your back and cheese, but I went with like, okay, 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 let's go. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, you've already kind of started (laughs) to explain yours, so go for it, go for it. Okay, great. So I went with halloumi. You may or may not be familiar with it. It is a cheese that I became more familiar with after going to Russia because it is the cheese that is used often in kachapuri which is essentially like their pizza. Oh, okay. Delicious. So halloumi is also called and referred to as grilling cheese. Mm. So you can actually like grill the cheese because it is kind of similar to like a feta, but 
It's a little more mild, so it's still got a little bit of bite, but it's not like the sharpest cheese in the world. (laughs) But what's really key to a halloumi and its ability to grill is that it's very dry. It has a low water content, much like California in this drought. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, see what I did? And (laughs) it is originally from the Mediterranean. So it is a cheese that pairs extremely well with a smoked fish, say a salmon if you're trying to get your (laughs) omega-3s. So even though I consider cheesier cheeses, this movie had to be a very excellent and beloved in my book, Halloumi. Ooh. Lovely. (laughs) Mine is very straightforward. It's a homemade mac and cheese. It is something that you reach for when you need comfort. It's something that is extremely well known, but it's still good. Everyone knows mac and cheese, but that doesn't mean that it's not good. (laughs) And it's something that if you don't know what you're doing, could also turn out really badly. Yeah. If you use the wrong kinds of cheeses, if you overcook it, it could be really dry. If your pasta to cheese ratio is off. God forbid you don't put enough salt or you use bland, mild cheeses. Mm. It's deceptively simple as well but when done well is just the most comforting wonderful thing that you could experience and that's why this movie to me is like a homemade mac and cheese i loved that yay Yay! well everybody there you have it that was our discussion of a cinderella story i'm so sad it's over (laughs) I know. Let us know your thoughts on the movie, any shenanigans we may have missed, or what cheese you think it is. You can follow us on Instagram at shenaniganzinsuepod, or you can email us at shenaniganzinsuepod at gmail.com. You can even email us weeks, months, or maybe even years after this episode comes out. We'd still love to hear from you. Yeah, whenever you want. Yeah. Email us about any of the episodes. <laughs> we hope you'll join us next time. And until then, never, never let, let the fear, fear of striking out keep you from playing, playing the game. game. Bye! Bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. We didn't even talk about it that much. Fiona and all her salmon. She gets shipped all the way from Norwegia. And she just says it's so deadpan. Salmon pancakes. Yes. Salmon soup. Salmon this salmon that even austin points it out salmon pancakes who would want that yeah i'll just get a coffee